so we're up on top of a mountain we've been walking for some time we weren't able to uh, get the vehicles up here and George says we're about to come across the ancient quarry where the rocks were quarried for the major construction thousands of years ago other side okay 19 so George as we're walking along here what are we looking for we are looking for the ancient mines, underground exploitation. Okay, there you see one. Such a ah, cave. yeah. Still, it's looking pretty big. It is, it is, but it's not the very well formed. There are other caves. Yeah. Much, you can see the Roman pillar method. Yes. In a very well formed manner. Yeah. And so, mining. This is mining. This is mining, I, they say they use these mines to sort of uh, take the material yeah. to build all these great works. Yes. The fortress, the Eupalinos, the Temple of Ira. This was the ancient mines of ancient Samos. And there was a lot of exploitation, a lot of, a lot of material taken out from this point. So all the large stones that we've seen, the slabs, the, all of the yes, for most, forming. Yeah. Most likely they have been uh, car carved in situ and taken from here. Yeah. Anyway, let's move uh, further down. Yeah. Okay. There is no easy way to move down. He marked its uh, cave with a number. This is five. I don't know where the first two is, I think it's from the other side. But this is a first state of what you see, of the caves, of the mines. So, we can go in? We can. We can go, but... Not much to see? Not much to see here. Ah, so better to go further. Better to go to the other, uh, okay. to find the other ones, the big ones. Okay. But this is another pillar method. Roman pillar method, yes. So we're now deep inside an area for rock harvesting. I don't know how else to call it. What would you call this place? Underground exploitation of a stone with the Roman pillar method. You see this cavern. I mean, the pillars are five meters high, three meters, four meters wide, and they are widely, they are evenly spaced, more or less at similar distances to support the roof which has been developed along the geological bedding mm. Mm. and what you see here is the signs of the ancient exploitation which is you know very remarkable and distinct here so we're, we're seeing obvious um, use of technology in fact even look at the the, the, the shape the, yes. the square shape being chiseled out there's one next to it which has obviously been removed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in here so uh, most likely they were painting the outline border, hmm. border outline of the of the stone they wanted to take out, and following that, hmm. and also exploiting the geological uh, schistosity and bending to ease hmm. themselves, hmm. most likely, 
and then they were removing it. Because it's interesting that there is curve in these rocks. I wonder if this is the curve we saw down in the tunnel in the roof. I don't know. I don't I know. I can't say. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't. And the, I can't say. I don't. Yeah, and the scale of this. I mean, this space that we're in underground, it would be, what is it, uh, more 100 metres deep? More 150? It can be 150, yes. Yeah. All along uh, its, its length. And its highest point here? Five metres. Yeah, five metres. Five to six metres maximum. And then sloping down to the other side here with yeah. the bedding plane, just right down to meet the floor. Correct. Yeah. But here you see signs of instabilities, eh? Yes. Which means that uh, the floor gradually is collapsing. Yeah. So we are practically standing on the debris that yeah. most likely has fallen out from the roof. Yeah. And as best we know, could be, again, two and a half thousand years old. Yes, and the idea or the hypothesis is that these mines have been used to provide the stones and materials for all the big works that were made by the ancient Samians of the fortressing, of the Yupalinos, of the Temple of Ira, of the wharf, the ancient wharf. So, yeah. And we've, we've walked a fair way up the mountain to find this place. Correct. And at some distance to the places where the stone would be used. Hypothesis is this is such a good place to harvest. Yes, and it is easy to transport because you have to move to use the gravity for your own benefit. Mm. From some uh, discussions that I've made of, with archaeologists, they say that they used to prepare the stones ready for use at the site and transport them ready, mm. carved with the geometry they wanted, everything prepared for installation. <laughs> At the project, at the works, yeah. Okay. So mining and fabrication. Mining and fabrication, yes, the same place. The, this area doesn't look like it's been the subject of big archaeological investigation. <sighs> look, in my opinion, archaeologists are mostly focused on artefacts, on things that have been made you know, to be beautiful, to, be, yeah. to, 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 to teach something, but... This is, uh, I would say, mining archaeology. <laughs> so somebody who is specialized in mining, in uh, engineering, yeah. would find this fascinating. Yeah. Ma maybe more than a, you know, a, a feature. So let's go over to Jamal. So, Jamal, you're now officially appointed ma mining archaeologist. Okay, okay. What, what do you make of what you see here? First of all, it's, again, fascinating to see how far mining goes, and it's the cradle of civilization. Um, as a rock mechanic and mine engineer, this is really nice. It actually combines the two. It shows you how well they understood at the time the behavior of ground, yeah. you know, with living pillars, and probably fairly measured. If you look at the pillars, I'm quite surprised and uh, pleasantly surprised how nice and square the pillars are and the distances seem to be measured you know pretty uh, determined it's not random and uh, of course you know uh, the material feeding into construction um, i used to teach a course which uh, at penn state it was called out of the fiery furnace essentially it was the story of history of technology how we got metal out of a small furnace and that evolved, you know, throughout the history. 
to become the industry. And uh, some of these uh, top issues that we see here was actually discussed in that book. And the, uh, the whole course, we actually went through it. Uh, there might be things that we see here that may not pay attention, but at their own time, they were, you know, technological marvel of their own time. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what strikes me. I mean, I walk in here, I'm not sure what I thought they were up to yeah. two and a half thousand years ago, yep. but this is looking really systematic. It's looking yep. m- mathematical. Correct. It's looking... Uh, it's looking like the sort of spacings, um, geometries. Right. This isn't a caveman having a bit of a tap at a rock. This is serious. I'm like, sure in their own right they might have had mine engineers, mine foremans, you know, somewhat with a knowledge of the ground that could actually look around and get a feel for how the ground is going to behave here and therefore size the pillars. Look at the pillars. They're pretty nicely sized and proportional to the overburden and the height. And and respecting the bedding planes as well. Yeah. So they're not putting them in vertically. They're actually putting them in at the angle. At yeah. the angle. And they're not putting them in at the angle because they didn't know what straight is. They're putting them at the angle because yeah. of the, the structural. That's right. Of that. Yeah. This is so for me it's very striking. This is it's screaming out high tech like oh, their own time. For their own time. I don't know of any precedent pre two and a half thousand years in this area like this. Where, where would, what, tell me what, what was going on in Persia? That I, especially relative to mining, I don't know. I know that the first uh, ever smelting happened, in, uh, as far as the history is concerned, in Hittites, which is just across the sea from here, central Turkey. Yeah. The first pieces of metal that are found by archaeological uh, exploration goes back to 10,000 years ago. Okay. And it was there that they actually found the furnaces to go from malachite to copper. Uh-huh. That was the beginning of transforming rock into metal. And then you can actually see finding in Sinai and then Persia and elsewhere that this knowledge somehow, I don't know how, it started spreading around. So they found how to make uh, metals out of rock. And of course, when you think about it, then they might have found a way to actually identify copper uh, rocks of different types. And then uh, how to make the kilns and furnaces to reduce them. And then the refractories. And then, you know, the... um, um, all the uh, technologies for making, um, let's say, a foundry, right, mm-hmm. with um, the cl- clay types that could resist the heat, the fluorides and other things that could actually reduce the temperature of melting, mm-hmm. and then adding other components to make the metal b- better because they went from copper to brass, mm-hmm. which is a lot more st- stronger than copper. Brass by design is a lot, uh, which is combination of copper and tin, is at least five times stronger than the copper itself. Therefore, it lasts longer. So what sort of tools, just from your eye, I mean, we're not archaeologists, we don't know, but just in general terms, what sort of tools would you expect to have been in operation here to do what we're seeing? 2,500 years ago is actually end of the Bronze Age, probably the beginning of this uh, Iron Age. And when we say iron, uh, they quickly learn how to turn iron into steel, 
very quickly, relatively speaking to the eras. And my guess is that this is probably around the, uh, well into the steel age where steel was not abundant, but it was available, right? And of course, uh, steel making started by maybe swords, weapons, right? And then it goes to mining tools because even up to, to uh, industrial revolution, mining was pretty much higher up in order of engineering than many other you know, uh, pieces of science because that was the raw material to everything else. That's why the second book ever published is what? Their Metallica. The first book ever published was Bible. The second book ever published in 1536 was Dera Metallica or Der Metallica, which is the book by Agricola talking about the mining and meteorological processes. Process engineering. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but the, at that time, they didn't have the, the term of the engineer. Correct. They had the term of the mathema mathematician. Equipalinas uh, was not an engineer in his professional uh, uh, occupation right. was a mathematician. They had also the, the architects. The architects were designing the geometry, let's say. Maybe the general term of scientist, in a way. Yes. In a way. Yes. It looks very sciencey in here, doesn't it? Very mathematical. Very, yeah. you can see the republic. Yeah. There is an option, which I've heard, I don't know if it's true, but they say that um, all these theorems, sophisticated uh, mm -hmm. uh, Euclidean geometry, was already known from the practitioners who was building these projects and then transformed into the theoretical knowledge mm -hmm. and published like Euclides published the Euclidean geometry and all this. And this is very impressive because if you work all the time, you know, with uh, materials, with geometry, then you force your mind to invent things. And you use it in your practical life. You, you might not know the theoretical background behind it, but... <laughs> you understand the geometry, of the, the behavior of the material. And you walk depending on their instabilities, on the behavior. Mm. It was worth the walk. There is, an, there is another one. Yeah? I think it's uh, more light and light from this. Okay. Uh, further down. Okay. And then we can leave. Okay. Absolutely worth the walk. Mm. Is it? Close. So we're now standing outside the a big cave. Says, oh, I see. Looking down, yeah. Yes. So what are we looking at there? The rest of the caves. There are, if I'm correct, 19. 19 uh, exploitations, underground exploitations. Yeah. And what we see here are signs, you know, that the bushes now are grown up, so we cannot clearly see them. But you can see some yeah. signs of them. Yeah. So this is showing not only extensive mining activity, it, but over a long period of time. Over a long period of time and yeah. extensive, yes. Yeah. Anyway, for some reason, this slope here provided them with uh, easiness, with material, plenty of material. Yeah. And most likely they had an easy way to transport them. I don't know from where, but from along the gully to the port, to the mm. ancient summers. Yeah. Maybe they could trade in them as well? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Just for local? Just for local production and uh, construction. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can see the product of these materials 
on the walls, on the walls, yep. because they made the correlation and they say that stones from here were used to build the fortress. Yeah. Okay. There uh, is some uh, yep. science. And the tunnel? Has there been any check to see where the tunnel linings and... Uh, I don't know, but from my own experience, I think the marly limestone that used to line yeah. the tunnel might have come from here. Yeah. It's sort of same appearance, same, appearance. same, yep. same sort of material, maybe. Huh. Well, it's certainly huge scale of mining here, and evidence of different technologies, um, the holes, the carvings, the different technologies and different uh, processes, yeah. maybe over the years. Well, there is a question. I don't know if you can answer me. Why did they prefer to go underground since the rock must daylight so they could have the same material with open-air excavations? Very good question. The only thing that I can think immediately is to work uh, under the protection of the roof for the sun to be, you know, under the shadow and be more comfortable in their work, maybe. This is what came in my mind, you know, just like that. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Want to, to be visible from the enemies, what they are doing. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Because it's... Why not make it exploit? It's, it's more difficult to make all these excavations underground. Yes. You're right. John, I don't know. I can't answer. No. <laughs> no, no. So many questions... But what we know is they did it. They did it, yeah. And it's big. Yeah. And it's obviously over a long period of time and it's very sophisticated. 